0: minus three is presented for the people by caesar sportsbook you bet you get with caesar's rewards must be 21 or older minus three with dave damashef hi hello sports fans welcome to a brand new minus three presented as always by omaha thanksgiving is in the rearview mirror christmas hanukkah kwanzaa all the rest of it Get ahead Let's get into all of it. We have what, you know, what it is on the sports calendar right now is rivalry time. It's all rivalries. Every sport is playing them right now. Let's dig in on that. Let's give you our best bets for the upcoming sports weekend. All of it. Eddie Spaghetti sitting there behind the glass and Kevin Hench in his Hollywood man's ruling over show business as ever. And as we jump into that. A quick shout out—we've given them before. I'll do it again here. Santa Claus's uh, Hench's show that uh, he is running with Tim a- Tim Allen there now. A series. Peyton Manning making an appearance there. Some ads are running around it. Me and the kids sat down and watched some of it um, around Thanksgiving. Muzzle Tough, fantastic stuff. Fantastic cast. All the rest of it. Kudos to you, Hench.
1: Uh, thanks very much. Um, it seems to be doing well. Point of clarification: my my buddy Jack Birdit. Is oh, he's the, the showrunner. I'm sorry. the showrunner. I, I, uh, I, I never want to take credit. I mean, we had a little, uh, we talked about this a little bit in our pre production pattern about people taking credit for stuff they don't do. And uh, we would never want to be guilty of that. Here. Come on,
0: Jack Bird, it's not listening though. Yeah, well, you know how people are. Hey, uh, forward that to it. <laughs> Hench <Hinge> took credit. <laughs> Uh, Tim Allen will not hear that I was complimenting the show, but Jack Burdett would hear that you yeah, took credit. That's how the world works, right?
1: He uh, Also, it's good to be the number two because you're like, you can you can take credit if it's good. Like, oh, I really made some meaningful contributions. And then if it doesn't turn out good, you can be like, I don't know what the boss man was thinking. I yeah right. I well, I, I
0: don't know that number two is a, a winning position. Witness Matt Ryan and Tim Couch. And, and <laughs> oh, well done. Uh, isn't that the number that Zach Wilson rolls with as well? Oh,
1: perfect! Wow, yeah, really? That that is so wrong on number it, two. It right about most everything else. These those get those names really do uh, evoke number two.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And uh, number one is Kevin Hench at extrapoints.com. Get in there and play the NFL pick with it. You can win it. On a weekly basis over the course of the season, though, Kevin Hench looking up at absolutely no one. He has is, is overtaken the staff lead. Join along, play along with us at ExtraPoints.com. And also go back and listen to the early week minus three, a great one with the boss, Greg Rosenthal, from around the NFL and beyond. Chopped up what you would expect us to. Pro football. A lot of QB talk and beyond great times there with the boss check that one out but let's get into it now shall we hench and we got to do our goat and goat spaghetti get ready there and then our best bets but my first question is that hit me i think just yesterday it suddenly occurred to me as to a leader of my now super bowl pick out of the afc i'm going with the dolphins to to um keep on doing what they're doing but a nasty three-game stretch for those Dolphins upcoming here to see really how good they are, and the toughest of them is at San Francisco. And now a lot of people are getting in on the Niners as oh, that's the team that's going to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC side. And then it, it hit me—you know, we obsess about QBs. No one more than no one more than me. You know, I the you know QB league and QB saturation—more good quarterbacks than we've ever had in our lives. What if Jimmy G wins the Super Bowl? What if Jimmy G goes and almost wins the Super Bowl against Mahomes, then almost gets them to the Super Bowl last year, and then goes and wins. It? What does that what, what does that tell us about QB and, and how much we overrate them? How say you, Hench?
1: Uh, well, it's wild because I, you know, I'm on the Niners. I've invested financially in the Niners winning the NFC. Um and I, you know, so, I mean, obviously I watch them every week like everybody else. And when you, when you look at those skill position players, you know, obviously, I mean, Mitchell just went down, but like you add McCaffrey to the mix, Kittle coming out of his slumber, Debo still breaking tackles, Ayuk, Jennings, like that is a crazy collection of playmakers. They score thirteen points against the Saints. Like what? I, like, I agree what with that on? part too. Why is
0: nobody talking about the fact that the Niners on? are
1: really coming together? Did, <laughs> did you see they,
0: they that their only touchdown against the New Orleans Saints was on a deflected ball that may uh, just as so, likely could have gotten picked off?
1: So obviously the defense is incredible. Um, although every other play, a guy gets hurt on their defense. It's very weird watching them. They're always you know, sending out the trainer, but, you know, so you're, so, so to your point in the dolphins game is going to be, is a perfect illustration. You're like, okay. You know, we've sort of grew up with look, defense wins championships. If you can run the ball and and you can play defense, it's like, no one's really playing in the snow of Pittsburgh anymore. Like it's not really there. They're no more 16, six. It's like, I don't know that you, you can have, the 20th ranked quarterback in the league and win the super bowl that said so i looked at this dolphins it's great that you're starting it's the marquee game i looked at this dolphins niners game and i was like like you i'm like okay is this team that can't score gonna score with this team that does nothing but score and it's like well well the niners you know we'll we'll see if tua runs it up against this defense so i i started on the dolphins and then i talked to myself into my year-long bet, which is the the Niners are for real, and they'll score enough. <clears throat> is it three or three and a half?
0: Spaghetti. Have you seen the latest number on that? I my my numbers may be dated, and I don't want to give the wrong info out here. Dolphins are getting four. Oh
1: okay. no! Yeah, I had oh down my god! Oh no, my god! I'm gonna have to go back the other way because I was like, I was basically like. Three, I'm gonna take the Niners. Three and a half. I think I'm gonna take the Dolphins. Four. My goodness, I might have to go back back over to the Dolphins. Given how much Jimmy struggles to put points on the board. Four becomes an inflated number in a in a 16-13 final. All right. So still high. And on the, the total, Niners. you
0: know what's it's funny. If we're gonna pick this game now, let's get it out of the way. Armstead being out Austin Jackson might play, but I mean, that's a major absence against Nick Bosa. Um, So I I lean Niners in this one. Here's the weird thing. The total on this one is 46 and a half, which makes no sense for exactly the reasons that you just laid out about the Niners. And what I say, I mean, that's going to diminish the Dolphins offense. You would think to not have their, their high end left tackle in there to try and slow down Bosa. That's fishy enough that I'm going over with that one. I feel like we're 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 gonna get into maybe not shootout level stuff, but I guess 47 combined points counts as that in the NFL 2022. So that's my play for Dolphins and uh Niners in a Super Bowl nineteen reboot. Spaghetti, go ahead. Why don't you weigh in on this game?
2: It actually was going to be one of my best bets once the line got up to four, kind of like Hendricks was just saying. Uh, I like the Dolphins in this one getting four points. We all, you know, everyone kind of overrating the Niners at this point And, and like, oh, their defense is great. But I could just be like, well, the Miami Dolphins offense is great. And I don't think that the 49ers offense can keep up with Tua and and the receivers. Uh, you know, Dolphins are getting back Raheem Mostert reversely. Like the 49ers lost Elijah Mitchell. Chris McCauvery did not practice today. Debo Samuel did not practice again either. And now they may have to use like Tevin Coleman from the practice squad who Kyle Shanahan loves. Uh, to, to me, it's just like, I don't think you're going to be able to match the, the the scoring output of the Dolphins. And yeah, I get it. The 49ers defense is tough, but the 13 points, I know they shut out the Saints, but 13 points is not a lot. And plus like the Olave, what should have been a catch, kind of would have changed that game a, a bit. So uh, I think this is going to be a letdown week at home for the 49ers. I like the Dolphins to win and kind of ascent even further into the serious Super Bowl contender list.
0: I attribute powers to Kyle Shanahan. I've I, I've been won over now by the collective wisdom that's out there that he's now playing 4-D chess, and he held something back against the Saints because he didn't think he had to show his best in advance of a big game against the Dolphins and a where are you as we track into the final third of the season. But interesting stuff. Yeah, that's to me, that's the game you circle. If you can only watch watch one NFL game this weekend, that's the one I'm most interested in. Um, all right, Hench, why don't you kick us off
1: this week, with your goat and goat of the week. Okay, um, so we, you mentioned uh, you went mentioned number two, uh, uh, the poopy Zach Wilson, and, and he was our bad goat. Obviously, off that that horrible game against the Patriots, got benched. Um, white, a good goat, honorable mention. I call him White Lotus because Mike White, obviously the name of the creator of the of the sublime White Lotus. Really, really recommend checking that out. Um, White lotus. It's great. Do you, you know, like this one better so far than last season? Ah, it's, you know, I don't know, apples and oranges. Um, uh, I, I guess I do but you know, because whereas season one was almost purely about wealth and wealth inequity, that they, they've really sexed it up uh in season two and how sex and power and wealth all go together. So, so enjoy that white lotus. The white it's lotus great. Play, Playing QB for the Jets. I just love the fact Zach Wilson couldn't have been douchier in, in his non-apology for his performance. And then this 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 journeyman guy goes in with the same just Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Barrios, same guys driving rain. 22 for 28, 315 yards. So it's like, there's nothing you can't say like, well, he had Garrett Wilson. Yeah, you had Garrett Wilson open too. All you did was miss him. So so that's honorable mention, uh, Goat. He really did look like
0: Kylo Ren. Standing on the sidelines with that hood. that That's a Star Wars reference, Hench. He, uh, he, like with that hood and the dark, like he looking mean, like he, like he was trying to use the dark side to compel Mike White to throw interceptions or something. Yeah. And it, and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and to your point, there, there is no wiggle room if you're Zach Wilson now to be like, you know, that, that I, I get it completely because that would be me. Vane Dave would certainly like, oh, you're going to bench me for somebody else. Let's see how he does. Like, well, he didn't do any better, did he? Now it was like, Oh, he killed it. He won. Yeah. He, he went. Oh, Nick, okay. Nick Nolte, I'll, I'll slink uh, out of the
1: room. <laughs> Nick Nolte in North Dallas Forty going, drop it, drop it. You know, yeah,
0: right? yeah, that's, exactly that's, right. You
1: know that's most guys. Uh, I did think it was funny that it's like that. That Sala was like the quarterback situation is week to week. Yeah, if Mike White falls down a manhole cover. I, I guess you you would start a quarterback, but under and what lands
0: on Joe Flacco's head, the head, head then we would in have what no circumstances choice.
1: Circumstances will Zach Wilson ever see the light of day again? Um, so that's my honorable mention. My my go to the week. I'm I've just stopped shaking from the last 20 minutes of the the U.S. Iran game. Uh, Tyler Adams, this guy, you know, playing 90 minutes in midfield or 100 minutes in midfield is 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 brutal i mean it's just you're you just are in so much pain by the end of that stretch and uh uh musa could barely move and was just grabbing every iranian player that ran by him he just grabbed him with two hands tyler adams never slowed down never stopped tracking back never stopped winning balls like just this tireless engine in the engine room for the us and then of course fielding the gotcha question from the presumably Iranian journalist, you know, uh, you know, who are, who are you to judge our culture? If, you know, you're black and like just handling it so thoughtfully, gracefully um, so well done. So, uh, you know, as great off the field as he, as he has been on the field, Tyler Adams, goat of goats, U.S. advancing to the 16, which brings me to my, my bad goat, which is theocracy. I mean, come on. Do we still do we still need to be talking about this? Like the the, the fact that there are people in this incredible freedom loving country who are like, it'd be awesome if we had theocracy. If it was my if it was my theology, like what? Like look at Iran. Okay, these poor sons of have to sing the anthem. Or, or their families will be disappeared and tortured in prisons. And like, we had a big debate in this country about protesting the anthem. Nobody said, well, Kaepernick's family should be imprisoned and tortured. It's like there was a real legitimate free speech debate. Obviously, private companies colluded to not you know, employ that guy. It's a slightly different conversation than what other horrible places are talking about. So... So please, if you're lucky enough, blessed enough to not live in a theocracy, don't play footsie with theocracy. Don't don't play footsie with with Christian nationalists. It's not cool. Theocracy sucks. It always will. And uh, and, and if you look at the brackets, you start looking at these at the teams moving forward. You're going to see a lot of Democratic nations advancing hmm. in the World Cup and uh, and and happy to to see the less free nations not succeeding anyway
0: interesting well done so those are the goat and goats of the week. yeah very nice na- uh, very season. nice. I'll I'll pick up there because I want to weigh in and then you go spaghetti um because the World Cup at, at, you know more broadly, you know on what was it Tuesday the U.S is playing Iran Iran right? Yeah. I don't want to get yelled at by the journalist, Iran, um, pronouncing it correctly.
1: Iran so far away.
0: I wa- I watched it. You know, it was, it was good. I'm glad it made everybody happy. You know, USA, red, white, and blue, all of it. I now know, though, how my wife and the people out there who don't live and die with sports feel when I'm flapping my gums about the Pittsburgh Penguins or about the Stalers or whatever else is going on that is consuming the lives of most of the people around them. And they're kind of like, huh, immune to its charms. I think it was great. It was fun. I hope the U.S. does well. I hope they make it because I know you care. I know millions and millions and millions of Americans love it. I just got to say again, I don't like when people do the thing about like I'm not into Star Wars. Like, all right, well, right, we're all excited about going to it. It's the big premiere this week. We're all going to it. Like, just for the record, world, I'm not into it. And yet, here I am doing it right now. I just can't. I don't know why they don't kick it at the goal more. There's all the room. kicking it at the goal. It goes in some of the time. But my question for you is, I know I sound like a dim, a, a dim person. I'm
1: trying to come up with an analogy. So it's like, you're like, you love country music. You love country music. You, Johnny Cash is your Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. then you go to a Kenny Chesney concert and you're like, Oh, I see why some people don't like this. Like, okay. Okay. You 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 get me soccer. You don't like soccer. So I don't like, I
0: love the aesthetics of it. I love the fans. I love how nice they keep the field. So nice and green. It's luxurious. It's, it's the first order you, they don't play. I'm not telling you anything. If it's not lush and perfect, then there's no point to even going forward with the game. I just, the thing is with Polisic, the big the big goal, at least from the American POV at this point, is Polisic's finish there to to give him the one nil lead. He gets kicked or kneading the balls or whatever. Captain America, all the jokes are out there a- a- and all of that. But then he's laying in the goal after he scores the goal. And you know, like, well, there would be no upside to him laying in the goal like that while the game's still going. But it is collectively the boy who cried Wolf at this point, because like how would we, anybody know if somebody's actually injured when they lay on the field like that? But then to your earlier point, what I am intrigued by that I think what ugly Americans don't get or people who are somehow immune to soccer don't get is, at least for my, for me, they're running like a marathon out there, right? I mean, they're like the nonstop nature of it. They are, in fact, exhausted. And that's what is awesome because I look at it and one guy's going with the ball and like, you know. 20 yards away from him, there's a guy just standing there. There are guys just standing there like, this play doesn't involve me. It's a live ball, man. Don't you have something to do in this game? I The the whole thing doesn't suit my eyeballs. I don't know. I was raised, I guess, on too many other sports that you don't see that behavior. So it, it's a trip for me.
1: Uh, uh, the diving is horrendous. And it just, you know, it, it, it could be done away with. So you would know someone was hurt because you could be done away with very quickly. If you just started red carding people who dive and suspending them for five games, like you can't try to fool the referee, Taylor Heineke, that you will be punished for this. So, um, and then the other thing, this, this laser interpretation of offsides
0: is, brilliant. Oh my God, that's a, that's another one.
1: <laughs> so I'm not saying the sport is, is without its flaws, but my goodness, my heart rate, I I was you know the last twenty. It's crazy. That, Listen, I watched
0: a three and seven football team beat a four six and one team, and I mean that was the effect it had on me. I it's it's inexcusable to be a man of my advanced age and to be living and dying with these strangers that are wearing the the colors that I choose to root for, and then I see people on social media and after the game. For the U.S. playing Iran, and, and I can tell that they're describing the emotions I just felt on Monday night. I just am completely, like I say, patriotically, go U.S. I hope you do great. I just, I don't know why it's lost to me. I hope I'll turn the corner. But I am, for the record, Dave Damashek is the goat of the week for that. I, I and And I'm not saying goat of the week. I'm talking about the goat of the week, like Zach Wilson kind of goat, if if you get my drift. I'm on the wrong. I understand that. I know billions of people are not wrong. I'm just missing something about it. Next, this counts as a sports story because he once played Muhammad Ali. Will Smith doing press for his new movie and now coming around to say, like, I'm a damaged soul, and that's why I hit Chris Rock, and I realized that hurt people hurt people. and looking to play victim. A year removed from you cracking Chris Rock across the face? Disgraceful and so transparent. Oh, it just so happens to coincide with you um, promoting your new movie. Good luck with that, Will Smith. Um, And then lastly, preemptively, the devil in me kind of wants to see this happen just to see the committee screw it up and so I can be vexed one more time before we go to a 12-team playoff. But I kind of want to see TCU lose just so that they put Bam in over them. And, and then I can be really mad. No, it would require USC and TCU to lose. So let's see both of those happen. And I want to see them explain away Alabama in a Power 5 conference losing twice, getting in over TCU in a Power 5 conference losing once in its in its championship game. It would be inexplicable. So that right out of the gate before we even get to championship week, that's my, my go to the week. Quickly, my go to the week is um, is our our rivalries. I say it's rivalry week. A lot of good ones out there in football, soccer, going on in the World Cup right now. I'm curious, uh, a question for you guys. When you consider, when you lean back, we asked Greg Rosenthal this the other day. Who is the Patriots' chief rival? Who is the Chiefs' rival in your, I mean, the Patriots' chief rival in your mind, Kevin Hench, right now? Or, better question is, Who is Boston sports biggest rival? It's too easy to say that it's the Red Sox. So lean in on the Patriots side.
1: Um, Well, it's funny for, for the glory two decades for meaningful games, the Patriots rival was the Colts and Peyton Manning and the Steelers and Big Ben. Those were the only games that matter. So there was, there was no rivalry within the division to speak of. You can't you can't have a rivalry when you're getting a buy into the playoffs every year. Um, You know, I I, for me, you know, going back to Marino, I always think of the Dolphins within the division as the biggest rival. But, Mm. you know, for 20 solid years, there weren't big games with those teams. The big games were with the Colts and the Steelers.
0: It's funny you say that because he went Jets, which which kind of stood out to me as weird. That little mini air with the Sanchez and and Rex and the feet and all of that kind of stuff. That didn't really seem formidable enough. That's that always felt a little bit beneath the Patriots. Um, Anywho, I just did because there are two kinds of rivalries, the ones that are owed to you sharing a division with them and the race for who wins the top spot there. And then the USC and Notre Dame spaghetti went on Saturday night to see that one. Um, I just put something out on social media. You can look at that. I gave my top 12 non-divisional rivalries in the history of sports. You know, which one occurred to me U S versus Soviet union. It's over now because Russia has diminished. I don't know if you heard some, some other nations have fractured off and established themselves independently much to the chagrin of Putin and company still need you to get, uh, take care of that before Christmas time spaghetti. Daddy. Um, but, uh, that one made the list too. And anyway, go through that and weigh in spaghetti. Who is New York's biggest rival? Is it uh, above all else? Is it the Boston Red
2: Sox? Probably the Red Sox. Um, I would say you know the problem is the New York is just split in half. So you have some you know Mets fans who don't care or probably root for the Red Sox, which is like a weird thing. Like you know I know a lot of people that do that. Um, I would say the Eagles and Cowboys are up there. But then I you was have to, I was thinking Philly might be it for you. But you right? have a there are a lot of weirdo New Yorkers who like root for the one they like they'll root for the Yankees and the Cowboys or they'll be like oh I root for the Yankees but I grew up uh, my my dad was an Eagles fan so like so you have some weird mixtures. I would say the Red Sox probably probably uh our number one but um yeah it, it varies depending on that's who a you line question, with.
1: Though, because new york might be the one city where if you ask mets fans like who do you most want to see lose it would be the yankees
2: the yankees yeah <laughs> yeah that's bad. right Little brother syndrome
0: that's how it's supposed to be though I think UCLA fans all hate USC people. I mean, that's, that's the way that one division,
2: the Yankees and Mets. Like I couldn't care less about the Mets. In fact, when the Mets were in the world series in 2015 versus the Royals, I was rooting for the Mets. I have no problem with the Mets, but I wouldn't root for the devils or the Islanders. Um, Same thing for the jets. Like I used to have Jet Season tickets when I was a kid, I used I root for the jets all the time besides when they play the giants. So I have no, no ill will towards like the Mets or other teams.
0: I I just I think the intensity of these rivalries and we have Army Navy coming up next Saturday and we'll talk about that next week prediction spoiler alert that will be uh, my go to the week that rivalry um, for me it is Are you know Ravens you can look at and the Browns aren't a rival they're a punching bag and 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 so on for me. And this is one of what you're talking about, Hench, the regional stuff. When I was growing up, when you were growing up, I know you weren't a huge college football guy, but for me, that was maybe my number one when I was a kid because of the Pitt-Penn State. And there were a lot of people on the banks of the, the Three Rivers who rooted for Penn State. They they matriculated there after all. Joe Pa almost got the Steelers gig. He turned it down in 69 before Chuck Noll took it. So you could completely rewrite history there. I hate Penn State, number one, with the possible exception of the of the Philadelphia Flyers. And what it makes me think about is when you circle the wagons and you go against your neighbors like that, you circle your wagons and you lean in with, with those around you. That's what I'm looking forward to do. I'm jumping on a plane to head out to Pittsburgh. I'm looking forward to getting together. Pitt-Penn State was the rivalry for me, even when I got left behind by the old man and my uncles so that they could go watch in the snow in 1977 Pitt and penn state and that didn't get settled till a two-point conversion failed on the last play of the game on a, on a bed of snow in old Pitt stadium and ever since been going to those games living and dying with those games we got to get that rivalry back but in the meantime looking forward to a uh, football weekend with my old man who made me a football fan way back when and uh the rest of the family this is what sports is great for getting uh, getting you together with uh, those that matter so you can root against the people you hate that's what's good about sports um eddie spaghetti take it away so for my goat oh i'm sorry i'm sorry chris letang chris letang 87 i went on and on two weeks ago i refer you back to that i mean what in hell a second stroke at age 35 bad hand dealt to him in, in in terms of uh i guess he has a hole in his heart or whatever but in my book 87, 71, 58 for eternity. I don't care if they ever win another cup. Greatest dynasty in puck in the 21st century. You've done more than enough for me, but get well soon, 58. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, listen up, sports fan. This message is for you. Your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars. Up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code CZRFULL and place your first bet. If you win, muzzle tough. If you don't, You'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and over must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming or our nation's capital. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call one 800 next step. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY, or text Hope NY, Tennessee. Call or text Tennessee Redline 1 889 9789.
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: Go ahead. Sorry, Spaghetti. Uh, no problem. I'll start off with um, my goat and go my good goat. And this is might be a lame one, but I need a, a sports victory. It's been a bad stretch. Uh, I, I thought I was going to start in a good stretch when I went to Rangers-Kings with uh, with Harry, Ken, Joel, a few others at the, at the suite. I saw the Rangers win a nice comeback win. And then just from there, it was Giants lost after having to lead at halftime. It was the Rangers up three, uh, three goals uh, to them and Oilers, a team that a lot of people have in the conference finals, at least uh, out of the West. And they go and give up four goals in the third. And then Notre Dame versus SC, Notre Dame with the inexplicable fourth and one tight end sneak that didn't work, a fumble in the red zone, and that pretty much cost them the game. So I need this sports victory. And per reports from Jeff Passan and, and others at ESPN, it seems like. The Yankees' eight-year, $300 million deal for Aaron Judge will get it done. It's about $70 million more, $60 million more than it was um, the offer last year. Uh, the the Giants, the, apparently their offer was a low ball, and the Dodgers don't want to get into a bidding war because they're actually focused on Otani next year. So uh, I know it's a lot of money. I know he is on the north side of 30, but... This is something the Yankees could have not like they You cannot let him walk through the team. It would be disgusting to see him in a different uniform. He should be your captain. He had an all time season. It's as simple as that. There's no salary cap in baseball. You are the New York goddamn Yankees. Just get it done. And I'm glad they are doing that. So they do get the good go for me because I have been critical of them. So I'm happy to see that. Um,
0: Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear Hench's thoughts on that.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I couldn't lose, really, because I would I would have been delighted, obviously, if he landed somewhere else. That, that would have been super fun. But I also know how these contracts have played out historically. So it's like once – it's this weird thing. We've talked about it repeatedly on this pod where it's like, you know, when, when Raphael Devers plays his way into a mega contract as a fan, you go, oh – So our choices now are to lose my favorite player or have him cripple our team competitively. Now, obviously, you know, the Yankees can pay the luxury tax the Red Sox can too, and you can choose to pay the luxury tax, but just actuarially, those giant contracts seem to hamstring your team. Certainly if the guy pulls a hamstring, if you have $300 million missing any amount of time. Now I know judge was a rock last year um, but he he has been dinged from time to time. So, you know, obviously, I hope uh, he's a bust from here on out uh, for 300 million. I yeah. think
0: you're right. Spaghetti gives credit to the Yankees and rightly for making a move that really would have been it would have been a bad look. If you're the New York Yankees, you cannot let Aaron Judge maybe land as a New York match. Or I mean, the Dodgers would be a bad look. Obviously, the Red Sox somehow took a run at him. That would be bad, like the um, Red
1: Sox letting Mookie Betts play for someone else.
0: I mean, yeah, disgusting. And and I, I I mean for an eternity, I don't know how you get over that one. That's disgusting. Unless you get onto a roll and and ownership can say, "See, we told you, less is more. This is how you do it." But the bigger picture is, I don't think we've given credit. We've we've beaten up Manfred and MLB for any number of reasons but this was he's not the one who implemented the luxury tax and all that but should we say now that it has worked and it actually diminished the difference between the Yankees and the Dodgers and the or the at least the Yankees and Red Sox and the rest of baseball right i mean that's a fair thing to say at this point that that has succeeded in closing the
1: gap a little bit no i mean it has um although it it you you know there what i want is the salary floor. You know, it, it, there's still I do a lot too, of believe small me. small market teams where it's like, come on man, you sell tickets. You got to compete, you got to try. And you know, we every year yes, there's a Cinderella, but you can look at 10 teams and go, yeah, their their opening day starter is a number 5 starter in this other team's rotation. You're not going to compete. So, um yeah, problem half solved, i guess. Um but you know, but the Dodgers and Yankees, I mean, the big market teams, I mean, I can't speak for my Red Sox because we're now trying to do it the Tampa Bay Rays way, but we're terrible at that. Like, but why? The, the same ownership group
0: does pay, did pay. I know. Tang and none Malkin of and understand. those guys.
1: Like literally as these like, you know, the Astros slightly overpay for Abreu and it's like, you just added an MVP to the championship lineup. Like what is going on? I know what the Astros are doing. They're trying to win the world series every year. And like, I text my Red Sox buddies, like what's our plan? I don't even know what our plan is. Are we in, are we in a teardown mode? Are we going to bid on our own guys? Do we, or is it, or is it just like, we just want to go to the scrap heap and see if we can be too clever by half and get a guy to, you know, have the career season, uh, on a on a on the cheap, and and so it's it's maddening to root for a team that has money and it has decided spending it is a mistake. Um, so it, I, you know, I don't I don't know I don't know what the Red Sox targets are. I don't know what they you know, but it, it, last place is looming again. Everybody else in that really, division. they're
0: going to be that bad. Oh, that would be bad. I, th- that's too far a plummet, but. The other side is you guys are both gonna wind up on my side because the Astros are outspending you and the Dodgers are outspending both of your teams. Now you see how the rest of us have felt all these times. Like, where's the where's the dignity in buying titles? There's no, there's no no victory in doing that. Just they're throwing more dollars around isn't isn't an achievement, is it? But so now you're seeing I what is weird is the Fenway group and Hank Stein. I mean, George Steinbrenner threw around loot. Like, why are those two ownership groups the one like yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to, we've got to get thrifty here. Why? 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 What's the, what's the logic behind that? Don't you guys have um, cable deals that are worth more than the overall value of the Pittsburgh Pirates? Last thing, I'm glad you got Judge back, Spaghetti, because you could be like, I could see it both ways, but when you see as somebody who has seen James Harrison, uh, you know, tent pole of of the Steelers, I uh, like get him out of there if he doesn't like it. Oh, he's on the Patriots now. And he's playing us in a playoff game. That sucks. And just like you said, I'd rather have Vinny Trocheck than than Gino Malkin. You as a Rangers fan, I was like, those are not comparable players. And they would have gone after Gino Malkin versus Trocek if they would have had the choice. They would have signed him. And that's why they had to sign Malkin because he would have landed on your team. And that would have been vile from for
2: these eyes to look at for the next year or three. Continues. Uh, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of hockey, but I think Trojic I fits the Rangers lineup a lot more than what Malkin would do, especially Trojic with faceoffs and defensive, whatever. Um, and the last thing I'll say about the Yankees, too, and, and Hench brought up a great point with the Astros signing Abreu, is like, and especially the Dodgers are gearing up to give a mega offer to Otani to keep him in Southern California. I don't care about like the luxury tax and spending. And I, I'm, I'm okay with being the Yankees. Too. I'm getting fed up at this stage of them trying to be like, We'll, we'll try to find a player to plug and play here and we have this prospect here it's like no no no. i wanted i want to win every series i want to sweep every team i want to win 100 plus games i want to win a world series because at the end of the day you don't look at the world series and go oh that was the one where they signed the three free agents to massive deals i don't care it's not my money i want to win i'm tired of this year and year out thing of do you fire the manager do you fire brian cashman do you move people even saying they want to move on from judge like i i'm okay being the new york yankees being a big market team and i want to dominate and i want to win a a damn world series so good move uh moving over to the bad goat and this is a a fairly fresh story i'm not sure if you guys read this yet but The Broncos have had a uh, an all time bad uh, offensive season. Obviously, the big money they spent on Russell Wilson, bring in Nathaniel Hackett. And they're the lowest scoring team since the 20 uh, the the 2000 Cleveland Browns, who averaged 10.1 points a game. The Broncos, I think, are at like a 14.27, something around there. And sierra his uh famous girlfriend or fiance i'm not sure what she is threw a birthday party for russell wilson now we all just saw what happened last game where one of their defensive linemen was screaming or cursing at russell wilson on the sideline i think players are are are, are fed up with him and plenty of former players have come out and kind of crushed him and check i know you said why are they doing that he won you games it's pretty bizarre it's all happening now well straight out of the movie the script draft day Apparently, this birthday party that Sierra threw, less than half the team showed up per Broncos beat reporters. And this was on the team's off day. So, um, this Denver Broncos situation all around is really as bad as it gets, where you have. You know, uh, uh, someone trying to do nice by the team, maybe a bonding moment. Nope, they totally said no to this. And it wasn't even like it was on a day full of practice or film. Russell Wilson obviously now is going to feel pretty butthurt that his team does not want to hang out with him as, you know, obviously he's getting screamed out on the field. And you have this locker room that clearly despises him, much like how, you know, Zach Wilson's uh, stuff kind of set up the Jets locker room. I, and you spent you know, a quarter of a billion dollars on this guy with a brand new head coach and a very, very tough division. Uh, it's really as bad as it gets. So all, all around this whole, Wait, collective Broncos, well, I feel like everything there is bad. It's as bad as it gets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the whole thing, the, the state so, of Colorado, it's pretty close.
1: So insane How bad, like, I mean, I mean, and the beats of this story, right? Like those draft picks, Those will be, those will be guys. Right. And then it's like, if one of those guys is, is a phenom, right. Or if if, if a Micah Parsons is one of those picks, right. Then this already terrible story will have the added. Oh, and you know who else we could have had anyway. It's, it's amazing. I will say this. It was, you know, so the Bronco Seahawks, the ball gets snapped over Peyton Manning's head and that just Legion of Boom team has their coronation. And that was a great team. And then in the aftermath of that victory, Russell Wilson goes on that famous jag where he's like, oh, we don't want to just win one. We want to win two. We want to win three. We want, And I don't know where it stopped, but I did know every number he added to it was shaving 10% off the possibility that he would ever win another Super Bowl. Like, if you had just looked at that Seattle team, you'd have been like, they are gonna win multiple Super Bowls. That team is loaded. And then he's like, three, four, five, six, you're going like they may never win again. As he went on, I was like, golly gee, they may really never win another. En- and he's obviously never gonna win another Super Bowl unless unless he's carrying a clipboard for a half decent quarterback because he's not good. I mean, that stat that uh few of us have been texting around where through 10 weeks they would have been nine and one if they'd scored 18 points in regulation every week wow that's an anemic offense and so the Hackett the Wilson the draft picks it's it's it is it is the goat of goats it is such it's
0: crazy terrible- and uh, yeah I mean that you're right it's the opposite don't if you're a superstar at whatever your chosen sport professionally, don't shoot your mouth off about how many titles you're gonna win. That th- th- there's there's no upside. There's no upside to doing it. Witness LeBron, it's the opposite of most recently seen, I guess, when Georgia was in the late stages of finishing off Tennessee in uh, in that game. Well, it was one versus two, right? Um, and uh and and the home crowd in the like in line overrated why are you diminishing the deed of your of your players they just did something great they just knocked off number one why are you making it you're marginalizing it by being like not that impressive because this team based on where people voted them as it turns out was inaccurate because they're really not all that good versus the team when they play that that, that we're
1: beating up on right what the hell are you doing? Don't shoot your sure, mouth. Off sure, we leave. pushed the Germans back to Berlin, but their army was overrated. Like it's a totally insane thing. Like, what are we no. doing? What are, what what are, are we, we, doing? we doing? The Ewoks, the Ewoks are going to be like, the, did you hear? We blew up the Death Star. We
2: got Vader. Yeah, the Emperor got thrown into Star, a like,
1: The Death Star yeah. had some faulty wiring. It wasn't that big a deal. No, that is nuts. Worth mentioning though, uh on this podcast, you obviously gave out Georgia minus eight and a half, I think, against Tennessee. And I said, golly. And the, the under. And I the under. Said, when is the number one ranked team in the country ever been getting eight and a half points? So I I I I went the wrong way, and you boldly said the number one team is gonna lose by more than eight and a half. And they they certainly did. Um, All right. That's uh, that
0: leads us neatly into our best bets of the week. Unless Eddie Spaghetti, you got more goat action to give us.
2: No, those are it. I'm ready for best bets. All
0: right. Let's jump into it. I went eight, four and one last week on my best bets that puts me at, and these are the bets that I give out on this podcast in, in the and in the written piece that I put out on social media every week. On the season, 87-63-2. Not so bad, but 18-8 uh, and eight over the last two weeks is very good. I'm just going to give you quickly my three championship Friday-Saturday picks here. One, I like the Trojans to survive Utah. A legit test for that team. I feel like this, it doesn't have the vibe of, This is one that they're going to assume victory in. They've already, as we know, lost to the Utes. That's enough for them to show up for this game and and take that team um, very seriously and understand that they can't just throw it out there and move on to the Final Four. I like USC laying the three. I hate to do it. K-State plus two and a half against TCU. Great story for Duggan and company, but it ends here. And then USC against Clemson. It's sort of like that SEC effect when those SEC powerhouses go to the to their bowl games and then they no-show them. They're like, what are we playing for? We don't have to show anything to anybody. That's what Clemson is now. I'm going to take UNC plus the seven and a half in that one. Um, and then very quickly, Vikings minus three. I don't know why that number is so low. Tennessee and uh, the Eagles under 44 and a half, two base offenses. That equals low point total. Playing a hunch here because I want to see it. Steelers um, giving a point down in Atlanta. I think that game goes over 43. Um, Eagles, I am laying the five there. Bengals plus two and a half. I talk a lot about the mini eras that exist between head-to-head games there. The Bengals have had the Chiefs number. I think they continue to have their number plus two and a half. Raiders plus two and a half. And then, like I mentioned before, Dolphins and Niners inexplicably going over 46 and a half. Hench, take it away.
1: OK, so, um, you know, obviously, I don't know why people gamble like everybody might gamble for their own reasons. There, there's a crazy sensation when you feel smart. I mean, you should never gamble because you want to make money You that you need the money from your gambling winnings to cover your mortgage. That would be a terrible gamble. Right. But like the emotional part of like feeling smart. I knew it. Um, and I have all kinds of like, you know, emotional turmoil, hedging my bets, henching my bets, um, buying wins, you know. I bet on the team that I want to 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 lose so that if they win, I feel comforted. But so this is, you know, my goal every year at the beginning of college football season, not growing up with the Pit Penn State rivalry, not being steeped in college football the way you guys with your Notre Dame and your and your Pitt uh, have been my goal at the beginning of every season is i don't want alabama to win the championship that's all that's all I want out of life is alabama not to win the championship so obviously when they suffer their second loss you relax you know you let you you, you ding you let, dong the witch the yeah, dick is dead right down. and uh and so somehow the rankings come out and you're like is this team still could this wait a second could they if to your point earlier about k state in utah could this could this happen could this two loss team get in over a one loss team and so the way you hence your bet here utah kansas state money line parlay plus 400 that's a nice return and if you lose, even better, because there then there's no way Bama's getting into that final four. So, so you bet the Utah, Kansas State money line parlay plus four hundred, and then you uh, you hope to lose. That I, li- I like it. I, I like that one specifically. I,
0: I feel like everybody. This what it's called is rationalizing or making excuses for oneself when it is called an emotional hedge. This is now caught on. Everybody calls it an emotional hedge, which is betting against your own team. What it's called is is a traitor bet. Shame the devil that you would profit off of that. You selling arms to the other side too? If we get into a land war, is where, 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 where does this end, hedge? I mean, it's it's the disgrace. All right um you and sal
1: yeah so uh while we're i um, hope my team loses so i make money from it what what, 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 do you do is it never cushions the blow it never works so what do you do so why do it then so why do it anyway uh on that point you know you ever bet this way where you go you look at where the teams were at the start of the season And then you know stuff happens. Obviously, there's a key injury. If the personnel has changed significantly, you have to take that into account. But you know, if if the two teams—and I know Josh Allen's elbow is the is the big question—but because we're recording on Wednesday, we hopefully get this thing up in time for the Thursday nighter. But the Bills and Patriots are largely what the Bills and Patriots were on opening day. I know Josh Allen's elbow is a question, but if you look at those two teams, if somebody told you back in September, bills are only going to be giving three and a half. You'd be like, oh, well, what's happening is like, well, you know, we think Josh Allen's hurt, but like he's playing and he's, and, 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 you know, as someone who's lost to him like 11 times in fantasy this year, always seems to get his numbers. And so that number seems crazily small to me, to a team, the Patriots, whose flaws I think were really exposed by the Vikings on Thanksgiving Day. And so that feels way too small. Like I, when you look at the, the wind game notwithstanding, like where those two rosters are right now, um, it's funny. ESPN just did their <coughs> – excuse me, 25 guys – under 24 i think uh the best 25 players in the nfl 24 and under and then there were like 10 honorable mentions and then there were like and eight honorable honorable mentions to the honorable mention there wasn't a patriot on the list there's no their patriots do not have a young player in the top 50 in the nfl this is what happens when draft after draft after draft you just gack it so anyway i look at those two rosters bill's minus three and a half that doesn't feel like a one score game to me feels like the bills will go but now moving to sunday it was crazy that your steelers trailed in the fourth quarter of a game they completely dominated and obviously it wasn't just
0: it didn't feel fluky to me it made me mad it was
1: completely insane as somebody who was on the steelers um it was crazy that I'm like, am I chasing this? Is this, how is this happening? They've done one kick return is going to flip this whole narrative. And then, and then truly another Jonathan Taylor fumble. He's, he's really recovered his, his Wisconsin itis uh, fumbling mm-hmm. constantly, that guy. But, uh, but I like the Steelers, you know, you've been telling me for weeks that they're better than I think they are. I mean, obviously I bet them under seven and a half. Um, but you know, the Falcons played very tough at the Commanders, but I like the Steelers even going into Atlanta. We know the Bucs are winning that division. Nothing, there's nothing can happen that's gonna prevent that from happening. And one of the key I don't things-
0: know, man. Falcons beat the Steelers and the Saints who've had the Bucks number. It it can't be that big a stunner if the Saints knock them off um, on Monday night football. Well, and if that happens, Steelers, then, it's, then it is in play.
1: Your Steelers and and I got to say, number eight made a couple of throws where I, I, you know, I mean, well, I'll ask you this, and I think I know the answer. Would you trade Kenny Pickett for Mac Jones?
0: No, come on, with Mac Jones, not. no, I wouldn't. Of but I would not. take him
1: for, of course not.
0: Okay, I. I mean, by like, the way, I, I keep talking about this this weird phenomenon that I, I I've suddenly recognized is this. The debate, the insane, I'm talking about how intense watching these these people are and living and dying with them. Obviously, I do it and people in football crazy Pittsburgh are living and dying with how the Pitt QB is doing in his rookie season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why this is now a national thing is we, uh, nobody did this to, I can't remember who got this sort of treatment of like breaking down every play that the rookie makes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't get this and. You know, Zach Wilson and I don't know, whoever else you want is a Baker May. This obsession about Kenny Pickett's choices week in and week out are really weird. But what's breaking through for me is I guess because it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It is not a black and white issue. Like, is that guy going to make it or is he not? Because he's on the Steelers. And so you can assume as a nice, stable, you know, pretty consistently relevant franchise, you figure they're going to surround the kid pretty well with talent. So is he good enough to to live up to that? I feel like people are on the fence about it. But what is breaking through for me is nationally, people are starting to be like, "I like his way. I like his way." I think people are starting to see that. So am, am I right in assuming that people objectively are looking at him and thinking like, "Yeah, the Steelers hit on their first round pick this year." I, and I'm one of those
1: people. I mean, you are I, one of those people. Yeah, huh? and I I think. Uh, um, I don't know if it was Joe Buck, but saying like, pick it to Pickens" just sounds like something we're going to be saying a lot for a long time. And I was like, that sounds right. That does sound right. Like this, that, that receiver is legit and the kid and the QB is legit. So, and, and he's mobile and, and uh, good for you. But he you. doesn't. But he doesn't
0: have the big arm. He doesn't have the Josh Allen, Mahomes, Caleb Williams arm. He doesn't have the legs of Caleb Williams or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. But what it comes down to is, you know, you you can point those things out. But then again, I will push back and say, 21st century, who are the best quarterbacks? Roethlisberger is one of them. But ahead of him are Peyton and Breeze and Brady. And what attributes do any of those three guys have that compare with the, the superhero physical attribute guys we what we're talking about in pro football is what what the the guys who win the QBs who win more often than not it feels to me like are the ones who get to the line of scrimmage look out over the line of scrimmage and pre-snap go like balls going there that that's where I'm attacked like that's what it comes down to right is the ability to do that does Kenny Pickett have that I don't know maybe I hope I so
1: yeah he's got the heart of a lion and the hands of Barbara Mandrell <laughs> no, but I mean, for a guy who can't get his hand around the ball, he's, do, he's doing very well. I'm, I'm I'm being positive here. Okay. I like now. it. All right. I'll throw out one more. Um, oh, so as we sat there and watched these Colts and like talk about doing like pre-snap reads, like Matt Ryan just trying to figure out what five-yard pass he's going to throw. Talk about not driving the ball downfield, you know, and, and it's like, so I know – We've been talking. Double-digit dogs have been money in the bank all year, lock guaranteed. Some of them winning outright. The Cowboys are going to destroy the Colts. That game is not hmm. gonna be close. Um, you it, you don't see the uh, the the team on the with the extra days off playing the team on the short week. Right. That doesn't happen very often. Like, boy, I didn't even notice that. Right. You get all this time to get well and you're licking your chops after effing up the final minute of that game. Um, It's now officially better for the Colts to lose. Not a great way to go into a game. And, you know, it's crazy that the Giants got the backdoor cover on Thanksgiving. But those Cowboys, when they talk about Odell Beckham a lot, like Michael Gallup is playing and playing well. CeeDee Lamb is a handful. The two running backs both are healthy and producing. Like, how does that anemic Colts offense stay within two scores of of a Cowboys team that I know you like to to go the distance? And and I just think Cowboys get up, Micah Parsons gets turned loose on Matt Ryan, that one's going to get ugly fast.
0: I agree. I, 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 and by the way, with the double-digit favorites thing, both of them covered last week. So we're we're now off that curse. You can both both uh, heavy favorites did the Chiefs was was in some peril there they in the fourth quarter, but they ended up getting, I had they did. I
1: had I had over twenty-eight and a half, and they ran seventeen plays inside the seven-yard line without scoring a touchdown. And I I just like that sweet Georgia Brown garbage they do like where it's like, Hey, let's make two passes behind the line of scrimmage. Cause who cares? It's like, well, people who bet the over care. So maybe try to score.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, but I, I, we don't need to indulge a Colts slash Steelers conversation anymore. It was disgusting that this defense making a hundred plus million dollars a year that you have that, you know, Oh, they had a good, uh, they had a good uh, kickoff return. Oh, where they fumbled it? Okay. Um, danger averted. Oh, now they're going to drive 90 yards down the field to take the lead. What in hell? This is, a, this is not a 50-50 situation. Complimentary football and all that. The defense must carry the day. That is what's bothering me, not just right now, but into 2023. Like, I, okay, Kenny Pickett can get better and everything, but defense needs to hold up its end of the bargain. But you're right. Steel's get the 20. They're going to win nine or to 11 games, standardly. Um, if, uh, you know, it, it with, with the defense, the pieces they have. Anyway, I'm sorry. I got bogged down there. You can get me uh, in on a stealer conversation anytime. Spaghetti, Alex, your spaghetti. best bets, And now a quick break.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
2: I'll start off with just the uh, NFL ones because there's only two games on the board that I really love. And I already said one of them is the Dolphins Niners game like the Dolphins getting four in that one. The other one, it's not a, a homer pick. I've been critical of this team, but they are a home dog getting two and a half points. And that's my Giants in the Meadowlands taking on the Commanders. I know everyone wants to love the commanders and say, you know, they're a great team, this and that. But like, if you look at their recent victories, a lot of the same team, the Giants play and a lot of people doubt the Giants. So I'm not going to overwrite the commanders just yet. Not sure how much this matters. It's a historical fact. Daniel Jones is four and one versus the commanders in his career. Um, The best news, though, are there's like nine players on the Giants injury report that all may play. And these nine players are, are guys that take a majority of the snaps on both offense and defense. So they are getting healthier at the right time, getting back Evan Neal, getting back Aziz Ojalari some big name players. They desperately need uh, three cornerbacks in that list. So I do like the Giants are getting healthy at the right time. Plus, this commander's team is crawling into their buy. They have not taken one yet. So if you're going to pick the commanders to split with the Giants, your best bet's probably after the bye when they're home versus uh on the road in Met Life. So I do like the Giants to get right at home versus the, the commies in this one. Now hey commies
0: and gents, listen to me and listen to me good. Either one of you gets swept by the other one. No playoffs for you. Well, Don't get swept
2: by I- that in, in that head to head. I do agree with that, but I I I did say this on I think it was uh, with the Megan's that if you look at the Giants' schedule, it plays out very nicely. That the last two games, the regular season, uh, versus the Colts, who I think are tanking, and the last game uh, in January is versus the uh, the Eagles, who they have not played yet. And I don't see the Eagles starting their starters in that game. So you could basically pencil the Giants in for two uh, two extra victories at the end of this year. So they do get helped by the schedule a little bit. But um, I'll switch over to my college football picks a little just bit. Clarify, to
1: clarify, sp- I'm, I'm seeing the Giants are getting two and a half.
2: Two and a half. Home dogs.
1: That yeah. just seems uh, odd to me against Tail- Taylor Heineke, right? Okay. I,
2: that's what I, I totally I'm agree. With,
1: I'm with Spaghetti.
2: All right. Well, that's good. Uh, and switching to the to college picks. I'm going to start with this one. I, I I think it's pretty funny, but I actually do believe it. And I mentioned this to you, Shaq, the other day. Uh, OSU plus 750 to win the title. I think they're going to get in because I'll, I'm about to give away which team I think is going to lose uh, college championship Saturday, but they're going to get in. And they're a team that has a chip on their shoulder. And I was talking to one of my friends who is a Penn State fan, went to Penn State, and he was like, Look, if Ohio State lost to Michigan in week three, um, and they on what they ran the table. Besides that, they're probably what like the three seed right now. Like they'd they'd be in again. College football is kind of a prisoner of the moment sport. Um, I, I still think they're a great team. I think they have the best receiving core. I think they have the best quarterback. Um, when their running game is working, it's it's fantastic. Just five star recruits all over the field. I think if they got in as a four, they would potentially have the real chance to win the title as a four seed. I think they could beat Georgia head to head I think it's a coin flip at best and if they played Michigan 10 times I would probably pick Ohio State seven out of those 10 times I don't think it would even be a contest if they had to play TC or USC so uh, I, I think Ohio State's going to get in and I think they actually will win the title so I'm going to bet them plus 750 real quick
0: I want to say we had Chris Mack and the sports Consig bookmaker out in Vegas Dave Sharap in Pittsburgh native Penn State lover we like him anyway. And we, I said that to him on Mr. Lister on Tuesday night, how do you explain Ohio state having the third shortest odds to win the national title? And he said, what they're telling you is the assumption is TCU or, or USC is going to lose the game. And then they slot as the fourth team. And that's exactly right. What's even more interesting though, is if they, but you, there's a chance Ohio state gets, the three seed. If both those teams lose, then you get Michigan, Ohio State in the semifinal, which is fun,
2: right? I, I think if TCU stays undefeated, they'll get they'll be the higher seed just based on that, though. And and you know the conference what, it winner. It
1: crazy about that Michigan game. It reminded me. So there was a really lousy lefty for the Red Sox uh, during our lean years named Tom Bolton, and he got shelled. And then they were interviewing. I mean, standing in front of his locker, and he says, "You know." I didn't pitch that bad, except for the home runs. And it's like you gave up four home runs. Like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You got, you got shelved. And like you look at that Michigan Ohio State game, you're like, you know, except for the seventy yard plays, we were pretty, we were right there. We were right there. every time. <laughs> I mean, I was moving around. I, I was, I don't remember what was competing with that game. Probably maybe World Cup. But like every time I went back. Jim Michigan Ohio State they were playing the highlight I was like oh yeah oh yeah I saw this play oh there's another play there's another 75 yard touchdown it was insane so uh might want to tighten that up a, a little bit uh before but but if if we consider huge plays aberrant then I agree that number is very attractive and certainly if they got a rematch with check scenario of two versus three, we would all be on Ohio state. They're not losing to Michigan twice.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. listen, catch, I, I go back. It sounds like I'm saying two different things based on merit. Ohio state doesn't belong in over TCU. Even if TCU loses, I mean, if they get whipped, then that's another matter, but you know, for the juice of the mat, for the fun of the matchup, Ohio state, George is a lot more fun as the semifinal, obviously. But then again, USC versus Georgia is a lot of fun too
2: with Caleb mm-hmm. Williams. Spaghetti disagrees yeah, with me I, on that. I, okay, I don't, go ahead. I don't ahead. think so. Um, and yeah, not to take away uh, anything from Michigan. I even tweeted when when Michigan was, was dominating Penn State in that game. I I said that Penn State uh, that Michigan has a legitimate chance to win the national championship game. And I have to give Harbaugh credit for going from Caden McNamara last year to JJ McCarthy this year. Uh, I know McNamara is transferring out, but still, uh, great job. I'm not trying to poo poo them, but I just do think Ohio State's great. The other bets um, for this weekend. Um, this one, I, I don't know if it's my conspiracy brain thinking that Georgia is like, yeah, we could probably lose this one and we'll, we are going to stay in there. Um, but I do like LSU plus 17 and a half. I think, I think they're going to keep this close. I think Georgia will win the game, but they'll probably just not have their you know, pedal all the way to the metal. And I think Brian Kelly doesn't want to end the season on another sour note. So they'll, they'll, they'll cover this one. It'll be a close enough game. Um, I am taking TCU minus the two and a half. Uh, I am picking him to win the Big 12. And the reason why is because they're getting Quentin Johnson, back, Quentin Johnson back, who is the best receiver in college football. I know people want to say Marvin Harrison Jr. and a couple other guys. He is the best receiver in college football. He will be the first receiver taken in the draft unless something drastic happens. And they're getting him back. It's it's Max Duggan has the easiest job in, in college football. He gets to throw, throw the ball to him, and he'll make things happen. So I do like them um, to win that game. And good job by uh, Sonny Dykes, who should win Coach of the Year. And uh, the, the game that you probably figure I was going to bet against uh, Southern Cal. I am taking Utah plus the two and a half, which was a little, it was three and a half last night when I made this rundown, sent to you guys. And it shows that the public is on Utah. Why? Well, number one, Kyle Whittenham, one of the best college coaches uh, around. Uh, I do think cam rising is going to give fifth to USC's defense. Like, yeah, Notre Dame did lose. Drew Pine destroyed them. That wasn't Notre Dame's game plan. Drew Pine was throwing all over USC. And the reason why USC, the you know, Caleb Williams gets the, the credit, but, Austin Jones ran all over Notre Dame, which is something they haven't really let happen. He had uh, 25 carries for a buck 54. And I just, I, I think, you know, Utah has uh, time to prepare. If they stop him, you could let Caleb Williams do his typical scramble. He'll He's going to make plays. That's what all scrambling quarterbacks do. But if they could stop USC's rushing attack, uh, from the running back position, I I do like them to win this game, and like they have beat them before. Um, they're more battle tested. They, they had to go down to Gainesville week one. They did lose that game. They did play Oregon, uh, which USC hasn't done. I mean USC's out of conference schedule is pretty weak. Uh, it, it's it's brutal uh, how weak their schedule is. And they 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 did they beat uh, Oregon State by uh, a larger margin than USC did. So I know they have more losses than SC, but I think they're a more complete team, and I I do like them to win this game and to really do some chaos, which is why I have Ohio state coming in as the four seed. So I think it'll be Ohio state, the four TCU undefeated as the three, Michigan's going to beat Purdue. they will be the two. And then Georgia will stay at the one. I got to say, right, we'll see. You know, I love Go spaghetti's
1: ahead. picks this week. I love spaghetti's picks. I love his rationale for his picks. And I, I really feel like Georgia specifically, you know, I, I'm still scarred from the, from the Patriots, 18 and one, but like, It is hard to keep that pedal to the metal and to cover, you know, week in and week out. The Patriots were blowing everybody out and it's like they were going to try to go 19 and 0 without. and you're and and, you know, this happens in college basketball a lot, too. You want that conference tournament loss. Right. You're a one seed. Don't worry, but you don't want to go in undefeated. And so. You know, Georgia, probably not so cocky that it thinks it can lose, but you almost wouldn't want that game to be 42 zip. Like, you want to be playing your best. In It's a very That's weird right. kind of trap game that I could definitely see Georgia winning 27-17. I
0: completely agree with you about that from both sides of what, what's at stake for Brian Kelly in his first year rounding and that one out. I, do, I, I wonder, though, I hope they had Georgia... You know, smart on down has the has the smarts to know that Stetson Bennett does not have a shot at the Heisman. I don't know why. By the way, go we, we got it. I belly ached about this for 25 years. We live in the digital age heisman voters you don't have to cast your ballot weeks in advance because you decided that that's narcissistic crap you can wait till all the games have been played till you have all evidence before you cast your vote but you know some percentage have probably sent their ballots in with caleb williams name on it and i think he is going to be the electric difference there it feels that it's got that major harris mike vick kind of role going here where that that kid is going to carry the day, at least to get to the final four. And I, I like I said, I'm I, I think if I'm right, I, I look forward to watching him against Georgia. I know that Georgia will win that game, but I think it'll be fun to watch that kid, much like it was fun to watch Mike Vick against Florida State way back when. All right, listen, that's it. Enjoy it because it's the last really good weekend of college football you're going to get until next September. So drink it in. Surround yourselves with uh, with people you want to watch it with. Enjoy the World Cup. Hope uh, the U.S. takes care of, uh, of the Dutch for you, Hench, and for the U.S. of A, for Eddie Spaghetti, for Kevin Hench, for everybody at the Extra Points Network. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.